0: My name is Bilal Qureshi. I'm a radio journalist and culture writer. Welcome to this chapter in the series, Failure, Mistakes. I'd like to begin with a personal confession. For years, I've been working on a book. It's not finished, not even close. An unfinished draft from years ago is sitting at my desk. It's filled with marks, some pages that worked, but most that definitely did not. It feels like a monument to my mistake, a colossal waste of time. Or is it? A few weeks after the lockdown began earlier this year, I had to reduce my intake of the news. Endless breaking news about a breaking world. And to shelter from that storm, I returned to novels and to creative writing for the first time in years. As any fiction reader knows, great writing has the power to entertain, to illuminate, but also to console and to make you feel less alone. As I found myself admiring the finished books in my own library with a renewed admiration this year, I've been wondering how artists transform daily language into artful writing, expressive books, evocative screenplays, unforgettable characters, and how do they navigate the pitfalls of constant mistakes. So I spoke with four professional writers and four friends about their own writing process and about the role of mistakes in their writing lives, the drafts that they've finished, and the drafts they have not.
1: My name is Bina Kamlani, and I'm an editor, and I'm a writer of fiction.
2: My name is Cord Jefferson, and I'm a, a television writer and producer.
3: I'm uh, Hani Youssef. I used to be a journalist, but I switched to writing fiction a few years ago.
4: I'm Amir Tajdin, filmmaker and screenwriter.
0: Let's begin with the popular image of the writer, a lonely figure sitting on a chaotic desk, head lowered into one's hands, crumpling papers into the dustbin of failures.
1: I myself throw away a lot. Sometimes I go digging in that bin to find that piece of paper because I think, no, the way I said it there was far better.
0: Or to modernize the image, the cold glow of a blank screen in Microsoft Word.
3: Often my husband would come in, you know, into my office, Like, are you okay? Are you, you're just sitting there alone and he's learned over time. My most productive time as a writer is doing nothing and staring into space.
2: For me, that has always been the creative process is just hemming and hawing and being terrified and thinking this is stupid and being unwilling to show anybody the work that you're doing because you're so embarrassed about it.
4: With math or science this formula so that you don't make mistakes and you follow those formulas and you won't make a mistake but with art there's no formula there's no formula to feelings so mistakes are necessary
1: you know what it is really Bilal it is falling you have to fall perhaps for some people there is a root that's straight and clear, but for no one I know has it been ever straight and clear. No one I respect and no one I truly hold up as an example of the best of the writerly craft.
0: I met my friend Hani Yusuf years ago in Berlin. She and I are both alumni of the same journalism school, and like me, Hani began her career as a journalist. She now writes fiction full-time from her home office in Karachi. While she worked as a reporter, she says what she really longed for were the messy, grand novels that she read and loved as a young woman. The lives and tribulations created on the page through the piercing language of a novelist not the factual and practical language of a journalist.
3: You know, I sort of grew up in Karachi, as you know, in the 80s. There wasn't much by way of entertainment. My greatest access was to works of fiction in English. And it didn't matter if it was a man in in Michigan in the 1940s or a woman in late 20th century Russia. Uh, What united us all was... The tragic flaw in all our lives, the mistakes that we make, the repentance, the mistakes that we can't undo and the mistakes that we can undo.
0: But in the creation of that kind of writing Hani is talking about, there are roadblocks aplenty and many invisible mistakes. Bina Kamlani has worked in New York publishing for three decades. She's edited books, novels, memoirs, and nonfiction. I asked Bina to tell me what exactly are the writer's biggest mistakes.
1: It's the obvious ones, the wrong agent, the wrong editor, the wrong publisher, to the less overt ones, the misguided themes and the characters that took so much energy and blood um The exaltation of subjects that then become meaningless as the world changes around you. And then there are other mistakes, sending it out too quickly, which is so understandable because for years you've been sitting, closeted, you know, chained to your desk, writing this thing, and you're dying to send it out there and get some feedback. But it could be premature. It could be too early. Books take a very long time to write. If it's fiction, you know, four years is not uncommon. Longer is probably
2: more the rule. We started writing Watchmen in 2017, you know, two years before it aired. Cord
0: Jefferson is now one of the most acclaimed writers in the current golden age of American television. He's written for shows including Master of None, The Good Place, Succession, and his writing for the series Watchmen has earned him his industry's highest accolade, an Emmy nomination. But Cord says before there are any episodes ready to stream, there are mistakes.
2: You'll work on a script that A, probably goes through four or five rewrites even before you send it to. Uh, the network for instance, and then the network might see it and then send you back their notes and then you'll go away and rewrite it based on their notes and then you'll have a table read and you'll go back and rewrite that and then sometimes you're sitting there on set with the actors and the director and you're saying this isn't working and we need to rewrite this on the fly on the set sitting there in the chair. It is just constant revision over and over and over again.
0: Revision after revision can easily sow self-doubt. And the editor, Bina Kamlani, says that remains the great vulnerability of any writer's life.
1: In a sense, this is about the toxic nature of prolonged self-doubt, which you always have as an artist. Is the work good enough to be put out there? Should it go out at all? Who am I writing about these big things? Uh, Should I be writing about it? Will anyone listen to me? Why should they? So there are all these questions. Uh, We're programmed for self-doubt and self-destruction.
0: But to the point Bina just raised, why are writers programmed for that kind of self-doubt and self-destruction? It's not just the mistakes that writers make on the page or the craft of writing. The answer to that question lies in something deeper, in the unpaved, unclear roadmap of this mysterious career.
1: You know, I, I did want to share this one thing with you. There's this absolutely fabulous book called Lost Illusions by Balzac. It's part of his Comédie Humaine series. It's about Paris. It's about publishing, you know, and what that involves. And he says this, one can only become great at a price. The works of genius are watered with tears. Talent is a mortal creature that has, like all other living beings, a childhood subject to maladies. Society discourages imperfect talents, just as nature eliminates feeble or misshapen creatures. Whoever wishes to rise above the common run of men must be prepared to fight a battle and not retreat at the first difficulty. A great writer is nothing less than a martyr who refuses to die.
0: Vina says, whether it was Paris in the 19th century, or the writing rooms of Los Angeles in today's television age, writers have to remain resilient in a world that often doesn't understand them. Writing is a career that doesn't make sense to the outside world, professionally, financially, and culturally. Let's take Cord Jefferson's trajectory, from being an essayist to becoming one of the most acclaimed television writers working today. Cord and I first met in D.C. 10 years ago when he was a political journalist covering the intersection of race and the Obama presidency. The articles were paying the bills, but the endless cycle of racism and backlash was wearing him down. Five years ago, Cord decided to leave journalism for good. He wrote a farewell essay about why he no longer wanted to report on black pain as a black writer.
2: I started to ask myself, is this really what I want to do with my life. Is this really what I want to be doing with my time, day in and day out? And I realized that at a certain point that that I just couldn't keep doing it for my own sanity.
0: Was there ever a time, Cord, when you thought you were when you were leaving journalism and you wrote that essay and you were moving to Los Angeles without knowing what exactly would come of that transition? Did you ever worry that you were going to make a mistake?
2: Yeah, I was terrified of making a mistake. I thought I I was confident that I had made a huge mistake, and for a while you know, the, the the time between my first TV show and my second TV show job was about seven or eight months. So for about seven or eight months, I languished in unemployment and, and I just felt like I had made a, a tremendous mistake and I had now set my journalism career back by eight months. And so I, I was very, very, very close to giving up though. I was, I was literally two months away from quitting. But but I will say that that has been the biggest cause for my success in my whole life is being willing to embrace potential failure.
0: Do you feel like you're forgiving of yourself when you make a mistake, and when you feel that you've made a creative or a professional mistake related to your writing?
2: Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I am. I am the. Harshest critic in the world on myself, and I think that that comes from you know um, Damon Lindelof, the showrunner of uh, Watchmen. He, I remember a funny day in the writers' room. He he asked everybody in the writers' room if if he said raise your hand if your father was always slightly disapproving of what you were doing, <laughs> and like I think like eighty or ninety percent of the room raised our hands. And he said, yeah, exactly. I think that that is, he. his point was that disapproving fathers or disapproving parental figures were incredibly helpful in making people ambitious and making people driven toward a a singular goal.
0: Hani Yusuf tells me that her early love of novels, her early inclination that she wanted to be a writer, was immediately met with parental and cultural disapproval.
3: To say I want to be a writer just seemed too whimsical. It was, uh, but what are you going to do for a living? How are you going to make money? And uh, soon after, my parents told me it was a big mistake. Just as Edwidge
1: Danticat says, you know, who do we think we are? You know, there is that. reckoning with yourself who do you think you are you know you're not a writer you're not a writer but there's the writing sensibility manifesting itself every day writing on trains writing on uh, paper napkins writing on newspapers cutting out bits and stuffing them in your bag you know there's the writer at work and for how long do you deny that for how long do you overlook it you can't you can't
0: But as Bina Kamlani tells me, impediments and rejections from others are the defining features of a writing career.
1: I think we make our biggest mistakes when we hand over the right to assess our own abilities, what we're worth to others. I see that as my biggest mistake that I gave up too easily earlier, not now.
3: I think the biggest mistake that a writer can make is not to write, which is a mistake many writers make. And I, I, I think that's the only mistake one really needs to regret.
0: Haina Youssef's point about the writer's mistakes brings me back to our deeply ingrained attitudes toward mistakes across cultures. In most careers, mistakes have consequences. There are rules of conduct when you join a company, and any deviation from those rules have real-world consequences. But is the language of mistakes even the right word to describe what writers face and what they learn to untangle? So I asked Hani Youssef to help me unpack the very language of mistakes, the word itself. This project is about exploring the idea of mistakes, of, of failure in German, um, and, you know, I guess in, in Urdu, it would be I suppose. Is yeah. That the, is that the best word for it? Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I'm just thinking about the words that connote mistake. The word itself, like as a writer, you deal with words. So when you hear the word mistake, or when I wrote you an email to ask you that I want to talk to you about mistakes, hmm. is it a heavy word? Or does it feel like a word that doesn't stress you out so much?
3: It's interesting that you pointed out the word for mistake in three languages that both of us know in Urdu or, or, and, and German and English, uh, with the word ghalati in Urdu, it's almost like uh, nonchalant.
0: Yeah, it's it's le- it's less burdened, I think. It's less, um, there is a kind of lightness to it in a way that...
3: There's a sort of se- kind of self-forgiveness built into it. Mm. Because it's like, well, it's it's just a ghalati. Yeah, I didn't do it jaan buchke. I didn't do it knowingly. So there's that kind of inbuilt notion of you know, I didn't deliberately want to hurt you. I—it was a ghalti. You know what I mean?
0: I, I know what you mean, and I think and, and when I think about the term "failure" in German, what I remember from kind of time in Germany is that you know ich habe eine Fehler gemacht, or somebody has made a mistake. It's a very—it um, feels heavy to me as a word.
3: Did you feel like "failure" feels almost like failure, which is very burdened to me? Like, it's mistake plus failure.
0: No, 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 it does. And I, think, and I think once you say failure, I just think, like, system failed. Like, this is game yeah, over. Yeah, And mistake as a word in English, it, it does still feel to me like a word that implies some kind of repentance is required for it or some kind of action is required to repair for it. Like, you've made a mistake, now you need to fix it.
3: Yeah, and also um, mistake in my Catholic school upbringing was very heavy it was written in red felt tip marker on my books and were a declaration of what a failure i am and i think the sort of process of taking the sort of red felt tip out of the word mistake and, and you know kind of morphing it into the lighter galati is kind of also part of the process of of the writer right sort of taking that word, taking its history, taking its baggage and kind of making it your own.
0: But how do writers ultimately overcome the dark forces of self-sabotage? How do they get over their mistakes?
3: I went to
4: art school as well, and we were told that you have to go through your process and you have to like, that's okay, it was part of your journey to get there. And a mistake will always be part of your journey to get there.
0: Amira Tajdin is a Kenyan-born filmmaker. She's been writing her first screenplay for six years, and most recently as a fellow of the Sundance Film Institute. She says it's critical to choose the right creative partners and the right early readers, someone who doesn't just point out your mistakes, but helps you see through them.
4: How do you make less mistakes as you write more? I think for me, mistake is a lack of editing. And I think what I've learned is you have to sit with your words and edit.
0: Bina Kamlani says that's how she sees her role as an editor of books.
1: Well, the good thing about this is that almost everyone has made the same mistakes. And, you know, there's comfort in that. You know, that this is not unique to you. It is a part of the creative process. It's a part of it an author I absolutely respected and revered and loved Saul Bellow he called it clairvoyance and it's almost like seeing the pillars of the work and your you see your job as making those pillars as strong as they can be to carry the weight of this work
0: Cord Jefferson, who began his career as a solitary essayist, now writes in writing rooms, with groups. Cord says in this current ambitious age of television writing, you simply have to abandon your ego and embrace the mysterious power of making mistakes.
2: If you're punitive and punish yourself or you punish your coworkers for making mistakes or for writing something that isn't working, uh, you're doing a disservice to to what you need and because you need openness you need people willing to try new things because i think that that's where you'll see sparks of brilliance is is when people are willing to try something crazy and off the wall that is a big swing that might not work but if it does work and if it's executed well then you know you look like a genius
4: it's practice i'm a person who believes truly in like practice making things perfect or a version of perfect. And once you practice the language you have with yourself as an artist, I think we all have a language that we speak to ourselves. And once you've mastered, like, hearing yourself, then, and only then, can you truly, like, go out there and be like, no, I'm not going to m- make a mistake with this one. I'm going to, I've got it.
0: Amir Tajdans says, once carefully chosen and cultivated creative circle. And a forgiving approach to making mistakes can help turn mistakes into creative gold. And while we're on the subject of gold, Amira tells me about one of her own personal philosophies about making mistakes. It comes from a Japanese art form called kintsugi, which is a reference to a way to repair broken pottery. In Japan, instead of disposing of something cracked or broken or shattered, there's an art form to repairing those objects. Instead of simply gluing something back together in ways that can never recreate the original, the Japanese embrace those shattered surfaces. They glue objects back together and then paint over the repaired cracks with gold paint, turning fractures into scars that are worn proudly and worn beautifully. That is Kintsugi.
4: I mean, I absolutely love it as a concept and also as an art form. I do honestly believe that sometimes you have to break things apart to put them back together again. But say it's a broken clay vase or something, and it breaks, and you put it back together with superglue. It's not as kintsugi, but you put it back together with gold, then it's kintsugi, right? And that will always make something lovely to look at.
0: Bina Kamlani says perfectionism is anathema to the art of writing. The finished page is always achieved through a process.
1: Resist the Temptation to see it as a marvelous thing of beauty just because you've spent all that time on it, Uh, but recognize its flaws.
0: Every mistake and every triumph helps clarify one's own personal constitution, one's own creative journey.
1: You know, this is a long, long road from what we've discussed today. You can see that it's a long, long, road. And some of the writers I've followed through their careers uh, will look back and say, I would never have written that book now. This is what's wrong with it. This is what's wrong with it. I would never have written that book that way now. Either not written it at all or not written it that way. And writers will do that because they have their, their toughest antennas are for themselves you know and those antennas are being sharpened daily with the work that you do
0: hmm so it's almost living in a in a kind of constant flow of your mistakes in a way it's like living in the river of your learning to sort of row through the the misguided kind of and sometimes tumultuous kind of flow of your thoughts
1: exactly But it's not just mistakes, Uh, you know, it's also the glow, it's also the vitality, it's also the radiance, and honestly, that's the rapture. That is where the rapture of it lies, what Virginia Woolf referred to as rapture. She said, I walk, making up phrases, sit, contriving scenes, am, in short, in the thick of the greatest rapture known to me and this is why one does it you know in the end that's what it comes down to the sentences the images the discovery of oneself and why you're here and what is this life all about you know and in the end that's why you do it
0: again Bina Kamlani editor and novelist I'd like to thank Bina, along with my other guests, Cord Jefferson, Hanna Yusuf, and Amira Tajdin, for taking the time and for being open to sharing the stories of their own mistakes. With these conversations illuminating my own path, in recent weeks, I've slowly returned to my own first draft, to the pages of the book I started and then abandoned in a series of red-lined mistakes. Maybe one day, it too will be a work ready for an audience its mistakes visible to others in shimmering kintsugi gold. Here's to embracing the art of mistakes, to absorbing and integrating flaws as fundamental to the creative process, a prerequisite to the pursuit of rapture, and a prerequisite to finding the magic in words. I'm Bilal Qureshi. story was brought to you by the Goethe Institute. Find out more on our website, goethe.de
2: slash USA. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.